It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. England will play Italy in the Euro 2020 final after a nerve-jangling triumph over Denmark at Wembley. So much to dissect. Let's get into it. David Wiener with you once again for the second last episode of the Gagapod during the Euros. And boy, what a morning we have had it off to sport. England 2, Denmark 1. Controversy as Harry Kane puts the three lines into the final of the European Championships at Wembley. What a morning it has been. And I've been stressed and I'm a neutral. So I've got John Aloisi in the neutral corner with me. But Michael Bridges and Thomas Sorensen, what a morning. I know it's been an emotional morning for you both. Thanks for sticking around. Bridgie, how are you feeling? Absolutely ecstatic, Dave. History has been made. We witnessed an incredible match. Both teams going at it. And I'm looking forward to doing the podcast, getting home, and I'm going to drink a bottle of champagne to celebrate. History was made. Bridgie had to change three shirts during the show. He was sweating I that was much. I was sweating. I was. <laughs> and Tommy was winding us up because obviously Denmark took the lead. All we got was this big Danishman standing in the middle of the studio with his arms in the air like Freddie Mercury in front of Wembley fans. And they went 1-0 up and it really, really had me nervous. Tommy, you proud? Angry? How do you feel? Nah, you know, you know, we, we, we probably will talk about the penalty. But I think overall... Uh, you know, very proud. I think they, uh, from where we were a couple of weeks ago, you know, how they, they picked themselves up and, and then went on to, to inspire the whole country because, you know, everyone I've spoken to back home, um, you know, have bought into this. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's been a tough time with COVID and everything else. And, and then for, for the Kirsten Eriksson thing to happen and, and to then, push England all the way, I think, uh, you know, they, they can hold their head high, heads high and, um, you know, they, they, you know, they did what they could. I think they ran out of legs a little bit at the end, uh, probably the substitution didn't have the bench that England had, but kept fighting to the end. So yeah, as a, as a, as a Dane, very proud. It was a great morning all round of entertainment. John, as the objective man in the middle, your assessment on both the match and the boys' behaviour. <laughs> the boys' behaviour. <laughs> I'll go on to that later. But uh, the, the the first half in general was that intensity was great. I just uh, loved it from both sides. You know, uh, Denmark pressed well. Um, I thought when they actually sat in in that four five one, they limited the spaces for England a lot of the time. Um, and then when they were going forward, they looked dangerous. Thumbsgaard was very good. Dolberg did very well. I thought Braithwaite had his best game in the tournament. I know he didn't get on the score sheet or didn't score, but he, he was doing well. Um, but as soon as that second half came along and they had to start making subs, you saw that they didn't have the depth as as much as England have in their squad. Um, and, you know, England, you'd have to say over the 120 minutes, deserved the win. 
and uh, they deserve to be in the final because they've been the, one of the form sides. They've been great defensively. And you could just see Thomas was a little bit more relaxed probably than Bridgie because Thomas was uh, thinking that, you know, he was happy with the way the team was playing, obviously, going 1-0 up, but also confident in, you know, the... the they were happy to be in that position, really, from the start. And then um, Bridgie started to come alive when they went 2-1 up. <laughs> Very late on. Well, <laughs> Very alive. <laughs> Very alive. Still alive. Still going. We normally begin at the beginning. Today, we have to begin at the end. Because that's what the whole football world is talking about right now, is that moment, that penalty, where Raheem Sterling got to the right, got to the box, cut in, penalty. Got side yeah, down. As he entered the penalty area, and he got side down. Oh. Uh, do you want a neutral perspective. So we go first? neutral and yeah. then one two and yeah, yeah. also um, when you talk about them deserving it I must I must reveal um, foreshad- that Thomas actually foreshadowed this sitting there watching it because the momentum was all with England you, you actually mentioned John Raheem Sterling looks dangerous every time he gets in the box and then what happened? Yeah look Raheem Sterling, he's positive. And once he starts to run at plays, it's very hard to, to stop him. And and what he does, because he's got a low centre of gravity, when he gets past you, he's able to quickly get in front of you as well and get across you. And um, and then you, you just have to be careful. You, you're trying to stay out of the way, and sometimes you might clip him. A lot of the times, uh, the Danes did it really well. They didn't lunge in the box. They just kept their feet. They said, yeah, if you want to get past me, then you have to actually beat me. Um, and so I thought they, they defended well, but you could see it coming because there was building. It was building, and they kept on getting into the box. Grealish was running into the box. Sometimes Kane was in the box. Then the, the, you know Sterling was in there. I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think there was enough contact. If there was contact, it was very slight. I thought that he was already going down once he did get that contact. And uh, and I was disappointed that the referee didn't go check or VAR didn't get him to go check. And now let's not take anything away from Sterling because Sterling was brilliant again the whole game. For me, he was man of the match along with Kane, and uh, but no penalty. Right, let me give you the honest assessment of that penalty decision. Mr. All, um, Mr. Old, Mr. Aloisi. <laughs> Older. Old. Um, just because <laughs> we're right here. Yeah, call him John Older. <laughs> Mr. Aloisi, the, the assessment of that penalty decision. Sterling drives into the penalty area. Yeah. There is minimal contact, no penalty. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the coming from lo- an Englishman. The more I look at it, the worse it gets. And I feel that's very. That's coming from an Englishman. I was, you thought I was going to absolutely. Yeah. Barrack and go no, for the penalty. Because no, at the time, you, you actually thought... At the time, when it first happened, live, I thought it's a penalty. I thought but that it, yeah. someone touched him. I thought yeah. that it was, you, you but know... But, John, there is this minimal, minimal contact, but that, for me, it's it's slight. It's just a yeah, brush of the legs. You ca- for that, I decide a game of that magnitude. For them not to go and do the VR, Tommy made an unbelievable... Um, analysis of it off air when we were just finishing up I said to Tommy what do you think why wasn't that why didn't it go to VR so if that was in the Premier League 99% of the time that would not be given no not at all but his, Tommy's go on tell him yeah. what you said you know what you know you know looking at it I think maybe it was a smart decision from from the VAR room to to not give that decision to the referee you know with the pressure the, the whole situation being at Wembley with the history, to then having him going over and and again it was, it was as as slight as of touches and and the more he would have watched that on the screen, it would have talked him out of actually giving it and yeah. had he got back on his decision, yeah. that would have been carnage. So it might not be the case, you know. I'm not saying, but if I they think s- it's a very good uh, you've yeah, it you know again. It, it, 
it, if they might have, and you showed me another picture where there is a slight touch. Touch uh, of knees. There's a slight touch of knees. But is it Marla or is it Jensen? No, no it's, it's Marla. Marla, no, Marla no. catches him and yeah, then he's yeah. already going down. Oh, see, look, look at yeah. that. Look at yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But, but no, he showed me a picture and there's the slightest touches. Uh, and then can you then overturn it? You know, all those things. Uh, you so, know. so the way that I look at it, if, if it is Marla that they give the penalty for, I actually see Marla. He doesn't put up his hands. Usually, oh, that's slight. That's <laughs> oh, dude, the, that's a brush of hairs on their legs. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's very harsh. That's the VL angle that oh, there was given. That's yeah. that's slight. Yeah, you know what? It's um, it's disappointing that decided the game. Yeah, I think that that's what we can come down to because it was coming. You know, like even from a from a Danish perspective, I can, you know, I can stand here and say. You know what? We were on the cosh. Uh, we didn't really get out. We we didn't produce much. And I think, like you said, John, that the, the people that came on. I think Yusuf Paulson, who, who who's been good in this tournament, scored a couple of goals in in the early games, but he didn't hold off the ball well. Where Dolberg in the first half, even Braithwaite at times, but he lost it, uh, and that lost the momentum. And, and again, that built the pressure. And it was coming, the penalties. How good was Kasper Schmeichel as well? Oh, you were oh, goalkeeper. Oh, oh. He, to show the game that he had shows how much England dominated this game. With I'm not I'm not gloating. He was magnificent for the amount of saves he used. He had to make because the other guy, Pickford, who's had an unbelievable tournament, we all say there's a moment of madness coming and Pickford had a Pickford today because he threw the ball to your strikers twice. He didn't look comfortable in goal. England have got the result. He'd be one very relieved and, man today. And maybe even saying he could have saved the free kick. Uh, yes. and, uh, but I don't want to take, again, any quality away from the strike because it was one strike. The way he actually hit that ball, Darmsgaard, over the wall, the way it dipped, the power, it was um, Ericsson-esque, I would say. But um, I still think that probably another keeper on the day would have saved that. Yeah, agree. No better person to pay tribute to Casper Michael's performance than, than yourself, Tom. It was he actually broke Peter's record for the most saves made by a, a Dane in a knockout game at the Euros. Yeah, no, he played a, a big game the day before. He, well, he, didn't you make that many saves <laughs> in a knockout? Nah. Uh, so it's Schmeichel's record to Schmeichel. There's no sovereignty <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh wow. No, okay. Probably third. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm quite happy. That's, that's quite decent. It's a, it's a, it's a good list. To yeah, be but up. you know what? A sign of a good keeper is when you organise the defence in front of you. You don't concede that many chances. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you. Um, yeah. No. Uh, uh, you know what? What? Um, you know he he obviously talked a big game the, the day before, but that that's him. His he confidence produced. and and he produced. Uh, you know he was a leader. Stood up. You know, he again. You know, we're looking at it. He would be fuming in the dressing room with that penalty because he was there. How didn't it parry out left? Uh, Why did it bounce uh, back? It's over dive, didn't yeah. it? It sort of comes on the inside of him, so it's it, you know he can't get the momentum to push it, push it out. Uh, and you know, I think the only thing he could have done different was obviously maybe try to 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 uh, keep hold, hold of it. it. But it, it, you know that that now we're being really really harsh, and he nearly saved the second one. Like just look at the athleticism of yeah. him, diving, turning, and then diving the other direction. It was close. Johnny, you're a penalty taker. We all know what you did for Australia with your penalty. Could you imagine Kane as he sees Schmeichel going the right way? And he saves it, and you're thinking, "My God, I've just cost my nation." Going, and then the ball falls at your feet to put I, it in I, the back of the net. I can tell you now, I've I've hit a penalty before that the keeper has saved, and it's come back my way. That half a second, your heart drops because <laughs> you've gone, 
oh no, I just missed. And then all of a sudden your eyes light up and you go, yes. <laughs> because it goes down as a normal goal, <laughs> yeah. not actually a penalty. <laughs> Did you see the Kane celebrations? Obviously wild. Foden's chasing you. It's a beautiful, oh. it's a beautiful image. I and mean, you can just see how much it means to him and it means to much to ev- absolutely everybody that was involved in it. But yeah, Kasper Schmeichel was absolutely immense. I'm just going to wrap up the chat. Going to go back to the chat on the penalty quickly because there's another twist to it uh, the athletics dominic fifield who has um, spoken to us a number of times on the gagan pod so far he's been covering england uh, for the athletic he noticed something else that has popped up as a controversy from rahim sterling's build-up to the goal um not only was the contact uh, on sterling pretty minimal when I mean, there was some on the thigh but it was whether it was enough to send him down i'm not sure but Perhaps even more significant, there appeared to be two footballs on the pitch um, at, at the time. Sterling actually danced his way past one of them in the build-up to the goal. And it was only really one of the Danish substitutes that appeared to be drawing the assistant referee's eyes to, to that. And so he was waved away and the referee obviously had no issue with it. So play was waved on. I mean, looking back, if I was, if I was Danish, I'd be pretty fuming at, at, at that oversight. Okay, so that's developed as we've been starting the podcast today, gents. Also, there's some chatter on social media that Kasper Schmeichel had some lasers or lights in his eyes as the penalty was being struck. That one I can't confirm in the time that we're on the podcast, but that is what is being said on social media. I did see the photo. I saw uh, yeah? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the photo. The, the actual laser's right here. I don't know if it ends up going in his eye, but it is on his face. There's a photo of it on social media. Oof. And then I'm hearing, Thomas, there was someone in VAR as well. What say you, Thomas? Well, the latest rumour is Boris Johnson was in the VAR <laughs> room. So, uh, you know what? Everything fell for them. Uh, I know. give up. I give up. <laughs> I'm just pleased Sporter's not here because it would have been unfair. Normally it's Florentino Perez. There's that classic <laughs> meme of him every time Madrid play that he's in the box. It's good to see Boris. He's, he's dealt with one thing. He's gone to the VAR box. Look, that's... That's a pile on, that's, that's a lot of controversy. The, that's probably the best decision Boris Johnson's ever made in his time. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> dear, oh dear. We'll move on from the controversy because that was the deciding factor. But Bridgie, after 55 years of hurt, that is this cliche line, Lady Luck has shown on England. Yep. And that is ultimately uh, what was the deciding factor today. But over the sum of 120 minutes, England's performance was... Magnificent. Probably the best I've seen them this tournament because of the amount of chances they created going forward. Um, I've got to say that because this Denmark team are superbly well organised. They had to find a way and I think the, the the interchange with Harry Kane dropping in for the first goal when you saw Saka getting behind the back line of the back five of Denmark uh, to get the equalising goal and the way Sterling reacted. I just thought the, the dynamics were there and... You know, they had the they had the chances, Denmark, no doubt about it. Yeah. So defensively we were very good, but I thought going forward it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I have to say Saka was really good in that first half. He was causing problems the, the way that he was com- able to come inside on his left foot, combine with Kane, forward runs. I actually really enjoyed watching him. Sterling, we know what he's been doing the whole tournament. Kane looked the best that he's looked in the tournament. All right, he scored two goals in the last game, but he was moving better. He was getting on the ball more. He was creating those two chances that he created. The first one that he slipped through Saka for the goal, but the other one that he actually played across, forward run, plays it across, and Sterling actually is in front of goal and he hits it straight at Smichael. But I thought that was the best. He led from the front, Kane, and uh, the front three were very good. But I think we have to, we have to touch on the the back line as well. You know, we were a bit critical on on Pickford, and he probably didn't have the best of games. But Maguire, I've been a I've been criticising him in the past. You know, he got his head on every single thing, and Stones as well. 
you know, so they they Pace were solid. Pace of Walker as well. There yeah, was a yeah, few yeah. moments when Dolby was, was up, in. Yeah, he was up and down the pitch. And uh, there was a few times, Damsko's was, was through in the first half and, and they managed to, to claw that back. So uh, you got to give them credit. Uh, they, they kept Eng- England in it at times as well. There was only one player in the park that let, oh, it sounds harsh, didn't let them down, didn't play to the didn't have his best day and didn't have his best day and that was Pickford so for the goalkeeper to do to do that on a certain day in England to get through that's that's huge so Southgate Shaw, did, Shaw didn't go as uh, forward as much but I, I still think he was solid so you know Shaw in the last mm. games he only went forward a couple of times and caused uh, Denmark problems but in the other games he's been one of their shining lights in going forward Maguire by the way who hadn't lost an aerial duel in the Euros coming into the game I think he topped today Duels, aerial duels, clearance, and interceptions. Serious. He was he, he was immense. I think this is the making of him as as not even just a not a player as a character as a, as a ma- as a leader for England. Yeah, and you'd think of the year that he has yeah. had as well. He had the incident in Greece where yep. he was in, arrested yep. for an altercation with some fan and things like that. He's had it. He's had a very tough year. Um, Wow, fair play. Yeah, absolutely. We spoke yesterday about what would Southgate do. You mentioned the back line. It was a different one to the one that he chose against Germany a couple of games ago. So you'd have to say overall. Throw in the substitutes too, the Southgate magic is still paying off. It is. Uh, and, you know, I was the one that probably thought at the beginning of the tournament or three months ago, I said, England can win it with the squad they've got, the depth they've got. I believe England can win it. The only question mark I have is Gareth Southgate good enough. And at the moment, he's showing that he is good enough. All of his team selections, all of his tactical changes, all of his substitutes, it's all working off. And the team harmony, mm. that's Gareth Southgate. You know, he of course, he's got other people around him, but he's the one that decides. It's all working. And you have to give him credit for it. And he made a winning substitution. He took Grealish off after actually putting him on, and, and and that's a tough decision. And you saw Grealish sitting down. He bought in, and because he knew there was a final at stake, and and that's credit to to Southgate that he's got that whole team on the same page, and he's willing to make the tough decisions to win games. I'll, I'll put my coach's hat on now. It's easier to do that in a tournament situation for a national team than it would be for a club side. Because for a club side, you could actually lose that player for a period in terms of mentally losing because you subbed him on and then subbed him off. Um, but in a tournament situation, Grealish has just gone, we're in a final after 50-odd years. I've never England, in my lifetime, have never been in a final. I'm happy to be there. And I understand what he's trying to do. It's team-first attitude. But in a club side, it can work against I mean, you. And I think that's why Gareth has created such a good culture because there's a few players that have played for England in the past that would not have done that and wouldn't have accepted it. It would have been the arrogance of how dare you. And that for a man like Grealish, with the quality he's got to accept that and do it for mm. the team... But like you say, that is a down at the staff and the management. Well, well, you think about it. Foden hasn't really played a massive part in this tournament. And Foden was one of the players of the season. So he's got them with him. He, he has. Yeah. And, and that's a, an art in itself. That's good management. And the ability to bring Sancho in out of the cold for the Ukraine game. Foden hasn't been seen since the second game. Brings him off the bench. My goodness, what a way to vary things up. <clears throat> Gareth Southgate, the man, is a huge storyline during this tournament, Bridgie. Not just because of everything John's just mentioned, but because of his history at the Euros with England. Gareth Southgate, the man, how will he be perceived back in England? Now, talk us through the story. Talk us through your view of him as a fellow Englishman. He, he's a national hero now. He's a national treasure for what he has done to get an England team into a final of the Euros. Um, and you know, since '66, many managers have tried. Bobby Robson was a man that is so admired, like I've said in the past, uh, from English fans because he brought an excitement, he brought joy back to the English fans. Southgate has done that, and he's embraced it. 
but he hasn't been easily led and manipulated by the media. He has done it, and all the players, like John just said, they have bought into it. The staff have bought into it, and the public have bought into it. There's no negativity. And the biggest thing I've said, it's the players. They are all relatable. They, they've made themselves so... I don't know what the word is, Dave. You're in the, in the media. They, you, you They're get approachable. Real. They're real. Yeah, yeah. And you get yeah. to see, you've, you've got to see the inner sanctum of, their, of what is going on. And there's not many managers have allowed that in the past. Mm. Um, and I just think he's got it absolutely spot yeah. on. History's made. He's been in that environment for a long time with the, with the youths. The youth of England had very, very, have had a lot of success over the last few years. And I, I'm very excited. I was just looking at um, the Spanish team. In 2008, John, their golden generation, they went 2008 Euros, they went World Cup in 2010, and they went the Euros in 2012. Might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but the future for this England team, if they can win this Euros, the World Cup is next year. The experience they've gained, I'm, I'm a very, very so, excited, yeah. you especially know, with Southgate. Southgate is uh, shown that uh, he's very calm, collected, uh, you know, doesn't get over uh, excited and doesn't get too down when things haven't gone well in terms of the Scotland game where they, you know, everyone was criticising, oh, you know, England can't win it playing like this. Today was the first time he let out his emotion. Mm. When everyone went inside, he went and celebrated with those fans how much that meant to him after what happened in 96, that would have hurt him. And I'm telling you, that would have hurt him from then until well, he's now. he's the second most successful manager England have ever had now. Yeah. You know, well, it's a great story because, you know, his perseverance, his, you know, keep on going. Because it's easy to go hide. Oh, he had a career. He's got enough money. He didn't go hiding. He just Do you know the best going. thing about it? And the, it cracks me up to think that when England lost Sam Allardyce, right? Mm. You go back to that journalist. He should be a national treasure as well. They caught <laughs> Sam Allardyce out when he got the England job, yeah? And Sam was done for some, some money. Yep. That was Sam done after maybe, I think, three months? Or yeah, nothing, there was yeah. only one game or two that games. That journalist has saved England a lot of years of hurt because <laughs> Southgate, w- I'm telling you, it would have been Sam and we would have been absolutely shit. Uh, yeah, that's probably right. What, what has happened, right? Um, uh, this is... It's fate. Southgate was not even on the docket or documents for an interview process. Yeah. He walked in and said, you better get this sorted out quickly. We've got a World Cup winning youngsters. There's a lot of... Things need to be sorted out. Mm. He sold himself in the interview. He wasn't even in the running for the job, so it was fate, and he yep. stuck up. He's made it his own personal mission, and he's done it his way. He has done it his way. There was no Cavalier English side. It was done. They are a team. They are a team. They're a team full of superstars, but they are a team. Um, to conclude this match, we've done a backwards match report, but I want to spend the end of this match talking about Denmark, Thomas, because this was an epic encounter because of what your uh, compatriots did today from the off. And at 1-0, you would have to say that was not – it was arguably deserved, or if not that, it wasn't a shock. No, I think they uh, they came out positive. Both teams did. I think it was uh, it was like a heavyweight boxing boxing fight. Um, I think they were very impressive with their press. They were on the front foot. They didn't allow you know Vestergaard. I thought was really good. Care at the back. Christensen um, didn't allow Kane a lot of time on the ball. And a lot of times they actually stepped in and and cut the pass out. So the England couldn't progressed through the middle they had to go wide and and then the crosses in the box they dealt with easily and uh, and in transition as well they were calm uh, not overawed with with a big occasion you know playing at Wembley with uh, you would say at least 50 odd thousand against them and um, you know showed great character and uh, and that was one of my fears that they would go in maybe you know 
haven't played a lot of games in Copenhagen. Obviously, been to Baku, where the you know where you know the, the atmosphere mm. wasn't that great, and then to come to Wembley and then get that shock playing against one of the favourites, um, but they weren't. You and uh, you just run out of steam. I think yeah, when Delaney know. and Eric um, Christensen went off in depth, yeah. in depth, and I looked at Tommy in the studio, and I could just see you were going. Oh, he's gone down. You could just see the life was just coming out of Denmark, and you were hanging on. Yeah, and you know, again, you, you know, in hindsight, everything is is easier. But but um, you know, I think Cornelius, the the big striker, made a massive difference against Wales. He came, he came on and and held the ball up really well. He's he's a physical beast, uh, and then maybe looking back at it, uh, he would have been a better option. But you know, who's to doubt Josef Bolsen, who who played really well in this tournament, and and just not. You know, it just wasn't just, his day, was it? No, it, the ball bounced off him too easily when Denmark needed him to to hold it to get players up the pitch, and he lost it too quickly. And then, you know, back defending we were, and, and that that was the, the the key decision. Mikhail Damsgaard, future's bright, twenty one years of age. Do you know he the last person to score a free kick in the Euro, direct free kick in the knockout stages, was in it in Zidane, oh. Euro two thousand. Damsgaard oh. was not born. <laughs> yeah, that's how long it is. Yeah, it's, he was not born. That's, that's crazy. That is crazy. That's it's a crazy a, stat. It's a dying out, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, was it the first one this tournament? Obviously, we know that it's first one of twenty years. But you know, you sit there and think about it. every time Ronaldo stepped up, the hype that was towards that. He is an exquisite talent. Sampdoria said he wasn't for sale. That was well, that was the other day. They bought him for seven million euro. Ooh. Good luck. <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> you know, we, we talk about the free kick, but what about just a little bit earlier when he got the ball and he came inside, had no space, and he just missed the top corner by a couple of yards. You know, he's he's got that ability in tight areas to actually, you know, get a shot away, and, and he's such a, a dangerous player. He, he, Quality. He's going to be one of the best players for Denmark in this generation coming through. Yeah, and and when you think about, it, he wasn't really thought to have a, a big role in the team. You know, he was going to be the guy coming on late if Eriksson, you know, wasn't playing. Um, you know, and then to step into those shoes and then take that challenge on. Um, it, it's it, like you, you cannot speak highly of of him and the character he's shown and. Ke- coming up at big moments like against Russia he opens the scoring when when you know when Denmark needed it and in this game as well he steps up you know um, that was the turning point of the tournament for Denmark it was oh, yeah. uh, and he again you can just see what he's lacking now he's lacking a little bit of physicality he's lacking a little bit of stamina because he, in, in the games he's played he's run out of legs sort of at the 60 minute mark and, and he did it as well today but but when he builds a bit of that and, and plays more games at a high level he'll be a top, top see, that, player that's where it's different like when you look at Pedri 18 and he's able to run out 120 minutes but it's a different position his position is more that you're running at the same pace for a long period whereas Dumsgaard because he's playing up higher there's a lot of more high speed running and you tire a lot quicker and uh, because yeah you're right after 60 minutes he had to take him off because you, with the quality that he was he had on the pitch and the way he was playing you never would have wanted to take him off John used to play in that position up front but he also played like Pedri's pace <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't many high intensity sprints <laughs> and he's passing yeah, it was never <laughs> quality of Pedri. Uh, we be, have had this tournament, Pedri, uh, Saka, we spoke, I mean, 19 years old. People take that for granted because he plays for Arsenal. He, he's 
amazing. Doku, Isak, and of course Damsgaard today. Some absolutely fabulous players there. Can I throw a little spanner in the works too? I just got set this rule for the wall uh, for the Damsgaard goal. And it, they, Danes were very clever. They had they had the three players really right up in Pickford's view, where three or more defending players form a wall. All attacking team players must remain at least one metre from the wall until weren't. the ball is in play. And they weren't. Yeah, so there well, you go. Oh, so it's, it's a fair. There you go. The so free kick should so have been. It's just an even up. So, so the referee had a shocker. You're saying that he, he didn't get the rules right today. Penalty should have been. So, and, and we haven't talking about. We haven't spoken about the Kane possible penalty earlier yes. on in the game. Yes. Now a lot of people go, "How is that not a penalty?" Well, he whistled for a free kick against Kane just in the challenge before. Whether that was a free kick or not, I don't think it was. But he did whistle, so they couldn't go back and check that penalty. That's a really good shout. And do you know what else? They come back to the pressure thing that you said, Thomas. He's probably sitting there thinking, thank God we don't have to go to VAR because I've just pulled up a you know a technicality before. Six weeks ago, what would VAR have done if that was an empty stadium and Raheem Sterling is driven into a box? I have no penalty. No, He's gone back. He's looked at it. He's looked at it in slow motion. And he's gone, no penalty. Are we, so. are we back to the penalty? I know. Yeah, I just I thought, thought I discussed that in the start. No, the I just had a thought about the crowd. <laughs> Sorry, Fiji. I just had a thought that it's, it's great to have crowds back, but... It, that's the theatre that it actually builds up to another level. So There's talk on social media now. It's not from me. It's that uh, Immobile and Sterling are going to have a <laughs> dive-off. <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> the swimming federation's the coming. The thing about it, Sterling didn't stay down as long. <laughs> You know what? We have yeah, because they got a penalty. He was like, yes. I saw yes, a mobile ad to national scandal, Sterling. It just happens. That's, that's <laughs> one of your be best fair. That's <laughs> one of your best. Um, gents, one last word from The Athletic in the UK for a view from them. Dominic Fifield had this to say, summing up the game a bit earlier. A remarkable evening at Wembley in the, the din of the national stadium. Delighted din as well for the majority. Um, I just felt that this evening was almost a role reversal from that game at the Lezhniki Stadium against Croatia at the 2018 uh, World Cup in that semi-final when England had started so well and then faded badly. This time, England played the role of Croatia. They were the increasingly strong as a team and energetic. They, they used their substitutes very, very well. Uh, they had options off the bench. They even substituted a substitute. That shows that they were managing the game in, in the correct way and in a ruthless way as well. They may have lacked a bit of Luka Modric's guile from that, from that game in the semi-final three years back. But it was Denmark who were the team that were tiring for long periods. They were the team that was stretched. Uh, there were long periods of extra time where they didn't even have a full complement on the pitch given injuries and the fact they'd used all their substitutes. Uh, and the luck undoubtedly went with the English this time. But Bridgie, it would be remiss of me not to give the final word to you today to sum up how you're oh, feeling right again. now as we go on. This is my long-time sparring partner on the Gagger, but I would have given it to Tommy if they won. I'll give I it to would. you on Monday if Italy win. Thank you so much, Dave. I would just like to say to Tommy and to Denmark, you have done your nation proud with all these animated reactions that we've seen from you on the studio floor, your team, your For nation. all the potatoes you grow. Yeah, the, the food that you've cooked inside the hotel for us, um, a little bit of Danish delicacies, and the way that Denmark have performed this tournament after what went on with Chris Nevix. I just think they have been a, a worldwide hit. There were so many people around the world wanted Denmark to win and get one over England. There were so many English fans wanted England after so many years of it. We went on to do it. It was a close encounter, like we said, History has been made. Well done to Southgate, all his players, all the staff that are behind them. 
because it's it's never been done since '66. It's a huge moment. I'm so honoured and proud to be a three lion today. That's that's some of the best things you've ever said, there, Bridgie. Uh, credit to that. Thank you. But Denmark, as much of a hit since ABBA was for Denmark. Oh, this world. I'm not biting on that, Johnny. <laughs> I'm not biting. You know what? Yeah. That was such a beautiful end, and then we've just gone back sorry, to that. <laughs> Mamma mia, here we go again. Mamma. You can go home now. We're just going to bring the camera. Oh, wait, you're Bridget, you're not, you're not staying in the hotel. I was going to say we could bring the camera in and just watch you for the next couple of days, but no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Everyone out there, that's enough for today on this game. Of course, what we have, we will have you a preview podcast before Monday morning's final 5 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, but a one-hour build-up, 4 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Monday morning. Before then as well, there's the Copa America final on Sunday at 10 a.m. That's Brazil, Argentina, Neymar, Messi, the quest for that individual trophy. What a game that is. So, until the next episode of The Ganger Pod, as ever, enjoy your football.